It says, be thankful. Everybody say, be thankful. Come on, look at somebody and tell them, be thankful. Tell them, don't be bitter. Be thankful. In some circumstances. Is that what the scripture says? Be thankful only when things are good for you. Come on. Be thankful only when everything is going your way. I know, I know, I know. Be thankful only when everybody around you is doing great. Hey. Now what does it say? It'll say it soon because they'll put it up on the screen. There it is. Be thankful in, come on, say it like you mean it. In all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Can we just bow our heads in prayer? And maybe you're here this morning and you'd be honest with me today. Maybe, maybe the way that you've been talking, maybe the way that you've been thinking, maybe the way that you've been preparing for the this, this next week and family members coming over hasn't really carried within itself an attitude of gratitude of thanksgiving. And if that's you, I want you to just to just pray with me this morning. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you, God, that we're alive, that we're breathing, and that we still have an opportunity to see greatness today, tomorrow, and for the rest of our lives. We thank you, Father, for this is the day that you have made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it, in Jesus' name. And everyone shouted. Come on, make some noise like you're thankful this morning for God's goodness. So I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15 is actually one of my favorite stories in Scripture. I have a lot of favorite stories in Scripture. But when it comes to Thanksgiving and it, and it comes to the season that we're entering in, this is a story that I think will resonate with all of us. And I know that there's a lot of new families to Restoration Life, and we welcome you. Of course, if this is your first time here and uh, 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 you're looking for a, a church home, I want to welcome you home already. You belong here after service today in our VIP section. We do have a gift for you, so make sure that you receive that before you leave today. But I want to look at Luke 15, and Jesus is telling this story. He's using this as a parable. He's telling the story of two brothers and their dad, okay? Now... The dad in the story represents God himself, and the two brothers in the story represent two kinds of sons uh, that he's talking about. And so Jesus tells a story about a guy who had two sons, a younger one and an older one, and you can see both of them go through what we have gone through and what we have seen our children go through as we think about having a heart of thanksgiving or a heart of gratitude. And here's the problem. I think that we live in a time where ungratefulness is running rampant. We live in a time where people believe that they're owed something for doing nothing. Come on. Have you ever dealt with an ungrateful person? Have you ever dealt with an ungrateful heart? Have you ever done something for someone because you love them and you never received a thank you for that. Now, I know it's not why we do it, but it does feel good when somebody responds with a heart of gratefulness. Can anybody say amen? So in this story that Jesus tells, we can see an ungrateful attitude rise up in two of these sons. 
both are very loved and both are very blessed. And they're blessed because of their father. Not because of anything that they've done, but because of the father who loves them. And so I want to just combat this morning as we enter into a season of thanksgiving and thanksgiving and, and, and Christmas and New Year. I want us to, to look at these two mindsets and how we can come against that so that we can always have a, a grateful heart, not just towards one another, but towards God as well. Because if, if we're not careful, we can let the ungratefulness run from one another up into our relationship with God the Father. And we'll do that by doing things and saying things that we would say to another human being. But how many know that, that God is higher than anyone on this planet? And that God deserves all the glory in and through our lives. And so there are two uh, uh, ungrateful mindsets that I want to look at. Number one is the I want it now mindset. Come on, how many of you have ever been there? I want it now. How many of you have ever heard your kids, mom, dad, I want it now? It's okay, I'll give it to you for your birthday. My birthday's three months away. I want it now. Everybody say that. I want it. When do I want it? I want it now mindset. I want it now mentality. I worked hard for this. I, I, de I, I desire this. And that was, if, if we're just being honest, that was a lot of us as a kid. Come on. For those of you that are a little bit mature and refined, you remember when you used to go to Zodi's? Or let's take it back a little bit further. Jemco? Oh, hey now. What about J.J. Newberry's? Oh, that's getting, that's getting out there now. We used to go there, used to see something that you'd like. You'd go shopping with your mom or with your dad, and you'd be there with them. You'd just start picking out stuff like, like you were going to get it. And they were like, no, no, and they'd have to go back and do the route through the store and put it back because they needed to give it to you on your birthday or on Christmas. Come on. Not like every day you deserve something. Right? So that was totally mean. If I could be honest, if I could keep it real, that's still kind of me sometimes today. And I think that that may be some of you as well. How do I know? Because you and I have gone from asking our parents for too much to asking our spouses for too much. Come on. Why? Because I want it now. And if we're not careful, what ends up happening is that this mindset, this heart set, starts to dictate the way that we love and communicate with the people that we care about. Because if they can't give us what we want, we start having an attitude with them. We start saying things and doing things that let them know, hey, I'm not okay with you not giving me what I want now. And so you see the same kind of attitude in the younger son in this story. Jesus says in Luke chapter 15, verse 11 and 12, he says this. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told him the story. A man had two sons, and the younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate before you die. Come on, the audacity. Can you imagine your kid coming up to you? Hey, I know you have an inheritance for me, but I don't want to wait. I want you to give me what belongs to me right now. I don't want you to die. But I want what I have coming now. I want it now. I want to go live my life 
I don't want to live under your rules. I don't want to wait. I want what you have set aside for me, and I want it now. And so the father, because he loves his son, gives it to the son. Luke chapter 15, verse 12, the Bible says his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. And if you know the story, the Bible says that he went out and he got lit. That's the EV translation. He got lit. That's what it says. <laughs> or he threw a kegger. <laughs> he threw a house party. The DJ, Egyptian lover, come over and everybody just got messed up. Anyways, he wasted it. He blew it all on, on throwing massive parties and he lost it all immediately. He lost his inheritance immediately. And what probably took the, the, the father years to accumulate or decades to accumulate the ungrateful son totally wasted it with a matter of weeks or months because his mindset was an ungrateful mindset. And his mindset said, I want it. And if, not, if we are not careful, parents, we create those mindsets in our children ourselves. What's interesting to me is that the generation that we live in today really has this I want it now mindset. You see people in their 20s that want to take the kind of vacations that took their parents 20 years to accumulate to. You see kids wanting to drive cars, which there's nothing wrong with it, but when you can't afford it, come on, you can't say I want it now because that's not reality. That's not real life. Can anybody say amen? Come on, how many wish you brought your kids with you into service today? It's not a reality, right? You don't give them everything they want because you want to be the popular one with your child. What you're creating is a spoiled brat that when he or she gets out into the world, the world isn't going to give them what they want now without a cost. And it's usually 21% interest or more. And then when they can't get themselves out of debt, who do they come to? Mom and dad. And then they go to mom and dad, I want out of this debt now. Give me my inheritance. Come on. Where do you think they learned it from? They learned it from parents that also said, if I want something, I'm going to get it now. And here's what I want you to remember. You need to learn this right now. And you need to maybe deposit this into your children and your children's children. Right? Learn to be grateful and appreciate what you have now before time and circumstance makes you grateful for what, for what you used to have. Learn to be grateful and appreciate what God's given you right now before time and circumstance makes you grateful over what you once had a long time ago. I would stop doing things for someone when you find out it's what it is expected of you. Oh, this is going to be a quiet one. I thought this was going to be a hip, hip, hooray sermon. Okay. Because <laughs> sometimes people won't notice the things that you do for them until you stop doing it for them. And usually when I say people, I start with our own household first and with our friends and with our employees or, 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 or coworkers or people that we go to school with. Because if we're honest, there are a lot of people that, have you in their life because of what you do for them, but not who you are to them. And if we're not careful, we could find ourselves pursuing, pursuing 
relationship over what we do as opposed to who we are. Come on. For those of you that became a brand new born again Christian, Christian, the moment that you stopped doing things for your friends or family that would cause you to violate your faith in God, that's the moment they started saying, I don't want to hang around you. Why? Because you're not doing anything for them. Because they expect something from you um, and they don't know what they're missing until you stop doing it for them. So the ungrateful mindset says, I want it now. And we have to be careful and protect ourselves for, say, for saying, I want something now and getting ourselves into a lot of trouble rather than waiting on God and thanking God for all the goodness that we have right now. Amen? So be careful of the ungrateful mindset that says, I want it now because here's the other mindset, I deserve more. I deserve more. That there's nothing wrong with desiring more. There's nothing wrong with pursuing more. It's when you act like you deserve more and you really don't. And you know the story of the younger brother, right? The younger brother goes off, he blows, up all, blows off all the inheritance, and then one day he wakes up and he goes, that was dumb. That was stupid. The Bible says that he, would, he came to his senses. Look at Luke 15, 17. The Bible says, humiliated, the son finally realized that he was doing what he thought. Uh, that the son finally realized what he was doing, and he thought, there are many workers at my father's house who have all the food they want and plenty to spare. They lack nothing. Did you hear that? They lack nothing. Why am I here dying of hunger, feeding these pigs, and eating their same food, their slop? Why am I doing this? He comes to his senses. He's in a bad place. He says, man, I don't have anything. Even the servants at my dad's ha house are eating better than, than what I'm eating right now. He comes back to his senses, and he goes back to his, uh, his father to beg for his forgiveness. Now, what does it mean to come to your senses? It means that you see things clearly and begin to act sensibly in a period, after a period of confusion and unwise behavior. And if we could be honest, some of us might need to come to our senses this morning. Because I think far too often we think, man, I want it now and I deserve more. Or either or. Right? I deserve more. God, I deserve more. You need to bless me with more. But he comes to his senses and he starts seeing things clearly. Psalms 119.59 says, when I realize that I'm going astray, I turn back to obey your instructions. That's good stuff. So when the ungrateful son comes to his senses and he repents from going down a path that, not is, that is not only ungrateful but disobedient, he repents and he turns back to God's wisdom and starts living in obedience to God. And the father, the father of this prodigal son is waiting for the son to come home. He's waiting for him to come back. He's waiting for him to come to his senses. And he sees him from a far off place, and he's getting excited because his son that was lost is now found. And now he's on his way back to the house, and the dad throws a massive party. He gives him a robe. He gives him a ring. He kills the fattest cow in the herd. He was giving his son 
his best as a sacrifice to restore the relationship that he had lost, not because he'd lost it with his son, but because his son had done something to lose it with the father. Is everybody tracking with me? Remember, this is a parable. Jesus is trying to teach them something. And so the dad kills the fattest cow, meaning that it was his best sacrifice for the return of a great relationship. And then here comes the big brother. He sees the son that had taken the inheritance, half of everything the father had, that he went off and he got lit, that he threw all these parties. He sees them coming back. He sees the dad celebrating the son coming home. And he gets mad. He gets mad. Watch. He's like, wait a minute. I've never broken the rules. I've never done anything wrong. God, Father, I've been obedient to you. I deserve what you're giving him and more. I deserve more because I've been doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So many people focus so much on what they want that they lose sight of what they really deserve. Look at the prodigal son, or look at the older son now, Luke 15, 27. The servant replied, it's your younger brother. He's returned home, and your father is throwing a party to celebrate his homecoming. And the older son became what? He became angry and he refused to go in and celebrate. So his father came out and he pleaded with him. He literally had to plead with his own son. Look at what he said. Come now. Enjoy the feast with us. The son, the, the son said, Father, listen, how many years have I been working like a slave for you, performing every duty that you've asked as a faithful son? How long have I been doing this for you? And I've never, look at this, I've never once disobeyed you, but you've never thrown a party for me. Come on. You've never celebrated me. You not once have ever given me a goat that I could feast on and celebrate with my friends like he's doing now. But look at this son of yours. He comes back after wasting your wealth on prostitutes and reckless living. And here you are throwing a great feast to celebrate for him. Come on. The ungrateful, I deserve more mindset says, I deserve more for doing what I'm supposed to be doing. It's kind of like when your kid goes off to school and they come home with good grades. And they come home with these good grades and they're like, hey, look at my report card. Look at how good I did. What are you going to buy for me? And I'm like, aren't you supposed to get good grades? It's like that person that goes to work and goes to the boss and says, hey, I want to raise. But they're late three times out of the five. And they're like, hey, I deserve a raise because I work for you. I've been here a long time. And the boss says, but wait a minute. You don't deserve a raise. You, you deserve a pink slip. Come on. We can't expect to be rewarded for something that we're supposed to be doing. Oh, this hurt. Does this hurt a little bit? Come on. An ungrateful mindset says, someone owes me for doing what I'm supposed to be doing. 
And if we're not careful, we give in to that. And we're like, yeah, you're right. And then we reward them. And then when they come back and they're like, I deserve more, it never ends. Because we never taught them up front that your reward is worked for. Come on. Come on. Come on. Kids don't live in the real world today. In fact, most of them are staying home longer. Why? Because what used to be $500 a month rent for you is now $1,500 a month rent for them. But dad, I deserve more. I deserve better than this. And here's what we see far too often. I deserve a better paying job, but I can't get a better paying job, so I just won't work because I deserve more. I'd rather stay home and play video games than go out and look for a better job. Come on. I'd rather do nothing than work at the job that I have or that I want. You know what? I know you bought me that car, but that's not the car that I wanted. No, it's a car that you can learn how to drive and beat up. And then you can go buy your own car. Pay for your own gas. Pay for your own insurance. Come on. Pay for your own repairs. Come on, I'm not talking to anybody here. If we're not careful, we have these mindsets that we teach our children, but we also teach that to one another in our, in our relationships. And here's where it gets real. Because many people need to come to their senses and stop saying, I deserve more, and I want it now. We need to meet ourselves with honest self-appraisal. Listen, don't be upset with the results that you don't get for the work that you didn't do. Can I say that again? Don't be upset with the results that you don't get for the work that you didn't do. Come on. If I want my marriage to work, I got to put in work. If I want my business to work, I got to put in work. If I want my children to grow up blessed, then I got to put in work. If I want ministries to grow, then I have to put in work. If I want to live the kind of life that God wants me to live, then I have to put in work. Nothing is ever just handed to you. Come on. So don't be upset with the results that you didn't get for the work that you didn't do. Be grateful. Look at somebody tell them, be grateful. Most of us deserve less, but God saw fit to give us more. Romans 12, 3 says, for, the, for by grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. And so when the prodigal finally comes home, he finally comes to his senses, he realizes that he's in a bad place, he repents, he starts heading back towards the father, the father sees him a far way off. He starts to run towards the son. He gives the son a robe, a ring, brand new chanclas. He, he takes out the fatted bull and he makes carne asada for everybody. He starts celebrating and then the other brother gets mad because of this. Here's the crazy thing. If we're not careful, an ungrateful heart could see someone else who's repented and made their lives right with God,
become blessed and start complaining to God and say, what about me? What about me? God, he backslid. He went out and did all that stupidity. He comes back. He gets a job. He gets a wife. He gets ministry. He gets leadership. God, what about me? I've been here. And you could, you could put that into any scenario in your life. When the prodigal finally came to himself, what does the brother do? He's not celebrating the brother's return. What is he doing? He's mad. He's mad at dad for celebrating repentance. He's mad at dad for celebrating the return of his long lost brother because ungratefulness breeds entitlement. It breeds entitlement. The nastiness of, pride, of entitlement is pride of the heart. I want it now. I deserve more. How come them and why not me? How do we cultivate a lifestyle of gratitude and thanksgiving? I'm glad you asked. Here we go. The way that we do that is that we decide right now. Everybody say right now. We decide right now to look at all the goodness and the grace of God in our lives and be thankful now for what we have. Forget about what we don't have. Forget about what we want and we cannot acquire. Forget about what we see other people having and we don't have. We start thanking God and we're grateful to God for all that we have now. Can anybody say amen? We're going to make a decision to be grateful right now. And every blessing that God has bestowed on us, come on, your spouse is a blessing. I know they don't always feel like a blessing, but they are a blessing. We become thankful for them. Everybody say now. Come on. We're going to turn every opportunity that we have into praise to God the Father for all that we're grateful for right now. Because every blessing I don't turn back to praise turns into pride. Come on. How many will decide this week to be thankful? Come on, raise your hand. How many of you will decide this week to be thankful? In fact, I know that it's Thanksgiving. I, I know that next week we, we are going to gorge ourselves on turkey and, and, and stuffing and, and mashed potatoes and potatoes al gratin and sweet potato. And if you're Cuban, like... My wife is lechon and, and black beans. If you're weird, lasagna. And like, really, have you ever been at somebody? They, they bring lasagna to Thanksgiving. Like, what's wrong with you? Keep your spaghetti. Keep it Italy in Italy for Thanksgiving. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry if I called any of you weird. You already think, well, that, that just ruined my, my potluck idea. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're thankful for it, okay? We're thankful for it. But why don't we do this as a church? So we know that we're going to enter into the holidays with a grateful heart, with a thanksgiving heart. Why don't we start off the next week by fasting as a church? Has anybody ever fasted? Raise your hand. You, have you ever fasted? Okay. How, how many will fast with me for one day? Just to be thankful. Just to be thankful. How many will fast with me two days? Oh, okay, you're down, huh? How about three days? How about four? How about, how about we fast from this Sunday to next Sunday? 
Pastor, I don't have that much faith right now. But we're, gonna fa- we're not going to fast food. We're going to fast complaining. Okay? We're going to fast complaining. Starting today, you are not allowed to complain about anything for seven days. Not, not a one thing. <laughs> The pastor. <laughs> Not a one thing. You go out to eat today, they didn't make your food right, you cannot complain. <laughs> Trust me, I'm the king of sending stuff back. I'd be like, hey, praise God, you made it wrong, but you know what? Praise God, bring it back to me right. I'm going to thank God for you. Thank you. I thank God for your mistake. Hallelujah. Come on. You get home. And dishes are not clean. I thank God we got dishes to eat from. Come on. Right? Come on. You get in your car. It's almost on Elvis. Praise God I can put another 10 in. Let's go. Let's go to the gas station. You are not allowed to be ungrateful about anything this week. You are not allowed to complain about nothing this week. You can't complain about your spouse. You can't complain about your kids. You can't complain about the 405 freeway. You can't complain about that person in the 10 items or less line with 12 items. You can't complain about them. You can't complain about what this looks like, that looks like, this smells like, that tastes like. I remember a couple years ago, my, my, my sister, she made the Thanksgiving um, uh, uh, turkey, and I walked up to her and I was like, hey, did you and your man get into a fight? She's like, why? I said, because it tastes like turkey jerky. You went over on this. What's going on, girl? I complained. During Thanksgiving, you are not allowed to complain. I repented already. You are not allowed to complain if that, that family with 15 people only bring a little salad to the pot like this Thursday. You are not allowed to complain. We are going to be grateful for every. Come on. We are going to be grateful for everything and everyone. Come on. Because we serve a good God that's blessed us above and beyond what we deserve. Can anybody shout amen? So we're going to fast for seven days. And then we're going to continue in the fearless next Sunday. And I, I, I bet you, I promise you, that if you learn, look, what was our, in First Thessalonians, what did he say? Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for your life. This is good, the bad, and the ugly. Be thankful. Come on. When your kids are like, but I want, hey, come on, let's be thankful. I'm thankful for my children. I'm thankful for the house. I'm thankful for the car. I'm thankful that we have a refrigerator that works. Hallelujah. We're thankful for light. Come on. We're thankful for for heaters. (laughs) We're thankful for blankets and hoodies and thick, nasty, ugly socks. Come on. We're thankful. Be thankful. And you won't have the I want it now mentality. If you're thankful about everything, you won't have the I deserve more mindset. We'll give God an thanks in all circumstances. Can we have our heads bowed and our eye closed as our worship team comes up this morning? I'm just, I'm so great, grateful and I'm so thankful for everyone in this house this morning. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 verse 3, it says, for the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. I'm here to tell you, and I'm here to declare 
that you can have a thankful mindset, a grateful heart. Philippians 4.11 says, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned to, I have learned in whatever state I am to be, to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to be abound, to abound. In other words, I know how to live with a little, and I know how to live with a lot. I know how to be abased and abound everywhere and in all things. I have learned both to be full, and I've learned how to be hungry. And I've learned how to abound and to suffer need. Why? How is that even possible? Because Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This week, you're going to meet with family. This week, you're going to meet with friends. And the story that we just read today really is a picture of God the Father rescuing both sons from their, their ungrateful hearts and bringing them back into a right relationship with himself. Maybe you're here this morning and you can identify with the prodigal that wants everything now. And you'll, you'll walk away from the covering of the Father because you desire things that are not yours to be desired at this moment in your life. Or maybe you could be like the one that stayed and said, I, want, I deserve more. I want a reward for doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Man, can we just learn how to be grateful? Can we just learn how to be thankful for all the blessings that God has already bestowed in our lives? We may not have everything that we want. We might not have everything that our heart desires yet. But I'm here to tell you that you serve a good God. But the Bible says that He is the Father of lights, where there is no shifting or variation of shadow. That He wants to give you the desires of your heart in line with His will. In line with His will. And so maybe today, if you would be honest, you'd say, man, I need to repent from having an ungrateful heart. And I'm going to do my, my best to fast complaining this week. Because I need to turn every, every good thing in my life into thanksgiving unto the Lord. And if that's you, would you just stand to your feet right where you're at? Come on. I'm going to stop complaining about things that don't deserve that part of my life. Don't deserve my heart. Don't deserve my mind. Don't deserve any time that I give it. Come on. I'm going to stop complaining. And I'm going to turn everything into praise unto God the Father. This week is going to be a difficult week. We're going to host. We're going to cook. We're going to spend finances. We're going to clean up. And we're going to have to clean up again afterwards. But I pray that God gives you strength in this time. I pray that God gives you strength in this season. Because God's going to use you to be a shining light. To draw other people to Jesus. Come on. If that's you, and you're standing to your feet, I just want you to lift your hands.